0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com Hey, everybody. It's Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, this is a special Tech Vibe Radio. Is it? They're all special. But this one more so, we are in Duolingo's... New headquarters here in East Liberty, which we're really excited about.
2: Nice open space.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: clean, nice open space, movable
0: whiteboards. Highly focused people. Looking Do like they have a margarita machine? Problems. They want to get one, but they don't have one. Ah, ah. And uh, we'll get to that later in the show. Ah, okay. <laughs> we will get that later. I just later wondered. In the show. Okay. Exactly. There, there, could margaritas could be had, but uh, we're just excited because we sometimes like taking the show and bringing it to the folks that we want to interview just to get a better feel for what they're up to, what they do, and how they do it. And Duolingo, as you know, Audrey, you know this company very well. You know the founder and CEO very well, Louise Vaughn is Tell yeah. me what you know about, about Louise because well, we're going to be dedicating an entire show to Duolingo. Oh uh, Well,
2: don't start tripping me right, up on that. Exactly. There's a lot to, to learn from a guy like him. All I can tell you is that there are some people who refer to him as the father. He's, is he old enough? Yeah, he's old yeah, enough. Yeah, he can be the father. To be the father of crowdsourcing based Absolutely. on his work with CAPTCHA and reCAPTCHA, in particular. Bef- that was existing before Duolingo. And, you know, now when you think of crowdsourcing, I mean, that's part of our everyday yeah. language. And
0: we forgot there was a time when that didn't really exist. Right. And, and so who would have thought that it would have
2: morphed out of his original work? So, you know, there's so many things that he coined, this whole thing of what's called human computerization. Human he computerization. He coined that, and that's sort of uh, the ability to delineate to what's real. And you can okay. do two, you know, so that you're not a robot and that you're okay. actually creating right. another way to solve a problem. So like what he did with digitization of books. So anyway... I think uh, it's cool. It's here in um, Pittsburgh, and uh, like a lot of things in Pittsburgh, we hang our hat on a lot of of great people doing great work. Mm-hmm. And uh, this being originating here with, what, I don't know, 50 to 80 languages that they're working on are,
0: it's pretty incredible. I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, with their new headquarters, before they were in Shadyside, you could drive past their building and not know that behind these walls here at 5900 you know, Penn Avenue – in the heart of East Liberty that you have probably, what, 70, 80, some of the region's smartest people here developing this app and building this really transformative app that really comes down to doing some social good, which is to make, provide some free education, free language learning. And uh, for us to put a spotlight on that, I think, is just so awesome because Pittsburgh needs to be proud of these companies. We are home to these types of companies. They, right. he Luis chose Pittsburgh to build this company. He could take this company anywhere he wants Right. And, and, they and would he's brought the it.
2: amount of talent that he's right. brought to the city is quite profound.
0: I'm looking out here now. We're in a conference room with these nice glass windows, and I'm seeing all these people just working. They're plugging away. And to me, it's just like that's not just the future of Pittsburgh. That is Pittsburgh now, and that's because of folks like Louise Vaughn on. And I, Now, Audrey, you have some experience using Duolingo. I have not downloaded the app to use it to learn any languages, and I'm feeling inspired to do so. Oh, you
2: totally should. Which if I think is just so cool. If people haven't t- downloaded Duolingo, you really need to. It's, it's easy to use. It is um, very intuitive, and it actually leverages every single side of your brain in terms of language learning. Right, right, right. So did you ever take a language growing oh, up? Absolutely. What, French?
0: French. That and so how's your French. Thick. It's awful because I haven't used it in twenty five years. But it's—it's it's actually was it ever good? It was never good because you just memorized, right? And it was more. And about so, didn't speaking you run it, it like just, a story, was, and
2: then that story you right. tried to remember
0: exactly? And so, then
2: any kind of applied learning in there—you would take vocabulary
0: tests, so you would know what word meant what, right? You learned to conjugate some verbs, but you didn't get a whole lot of the actual speaking of it and interacting with it, right? And you didn't get to, Right. And who criticized your, um, the way that you spoke French? Father Flozen Logan
2: did. Flozen <laughs> Logan?
0: Yes. When I went to Strake Jesuit High School. Which is
2: cool. That's cool.
0: In Houston, Texas, he uh, taught us French. And I said, bonjour, bonjour. And uh, he immediately. Took would smack you? No, much that's a Jesuit Not, not quite smack me. That. They weren't into the violence there, but more of the mental violence of making you feel like a complete you know, moron for not having said it properly. But oh, you had yinzer in you back then, too. Not much. I was, I was in Texas at the time, but it was just enough to where, hey, you're a 14-year-old kid. You're, you're not going to be too suave. <laughs> so, but I was quickly reprimanded. That that's, they'd never say it that way. Well, I don't know. Show me how. And his app shows you how. It's important.
2: Yeah. It's not even just shows you how it actually reinforces your learning over time. And it actually allows you to talk. Right. And get feedback into your phone.
0: which is Into and your phone. Into your phone, which is just so amazing.
2: Buenos dias.
0: <laughs> Buenos dias. No. Dia.
2: <laughs> they were like, incorrect.
0: Buenos nachos.
2: <laughs> right. But, I mean... You know, it's important for us to learn Spanish. It's important for us to have, you know, this kind of capability across right. all different languages, all different kinds of people.
0: I agree. Yeah. So, it's, it's it's very exciting. I'm I'm excited. So I, I can't. I'm, a I'm so glad that like Louise is giving us basically a full hour of his time to talk about not just Duolingo, but what it means to be, you know, uh, an entrepreneur in Pittsburgh. You know, just covering all the different angles of what it means to have Duolingo here, and I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm fired up, and it's going to be a good time. Plus, we're camped out here, hanging out with all the smart kids. I like it. I am hoping some of this rubs off on me or something like that. But <laughs> 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 what, I'm, what, I, what I find amazing is, from what I, rumor has it, that hundreds of thousands of people a day are downloading this app. Like Literally, at minimum, 100,000 people a day are downloading the app, and just the numbers... Are just amazing, and it was, I think it was in, in 2013 voted the app of the year through the Apple. Oh, app it might have Store. been. Might yeah, have been. I mean, it's just this this app's won numerous awards over the years, mm-hmm. international recognition, and Pittsburgh calls it its hometown. So it's way cool. So like what it, else man. is
2: going on on the street
0: these days? The street these days? Well, it's summertime, Audrey.
2: It's summertime. It's
0: summertime, and. and, and- it, I think the activity does not slow down. You know, we released we recently released some of our state of the industry information, and uh, we we talked about that a few shows ago. But I'm still trying to uh, talk about we we, we talked about you know, the state of venture capital activity, and Duolingo was probably single-handedly responsible for at least a third of our venture increase of 150 million dollars extra in that, yeah, and that year. Period. We went from 343 yeah. to 500 million, and I think Duolingo accounted for a big chunk of that.
2: And so you know. Capital is important. Capital is what helps these companies right. scale and launch and market and all the things that they can't necessarily do while they're trying to eke away building their product. Right. So I think, you know, the other thing is that um, the airport, the airport has brought in some new... Frontier Airlines. Frontier.
0: How cool is that? And one jet. Right? One jet. We actually got to talk to the CEO Matt right. McGuire and I think we're going to schedule him to stop by the show in the very near future. I told him, I said, You're changing the face of aviation right. seven seat. I seats mean, so what's time. the
2: vision for one jet?
0: Basically seven seat jets that you can get a seat on. So we can go to Harrisburg? You go to uh, not Harrisburg, but I believe you can go to Hartford. You can go to is it Cincinnati? And there's a couple other, it's all within about 400, 500 miles away. Okay, nice. Just so, and they, I think they're trying to consider a Harrisburg flight as well, too. Not should be announced awesome. yet. But the idea that, like, you can, A, get through security a lot faster. You can get onto a jet that's a luxury jet, for crying out loud. It's got all the amenities, and it's seven seats. So it's. You can split the ride. You can split the ride, and uh, it seems like a cool way to really shake up. How business gets done in the airline world these days. I, I think it's a very cool concept. And what I thought was interesting, Matt says they wanted Pittsburgh as a, as a town to prove this. Like, we could go to San Francisco and do this, New York City and do this. That's cool. But he's like, we want to prove it in a market like Pittsburgh because, because we know you're up and coming and that people can well, use Well, the types airports, of you know, is working ferociously Absolutely. on trying to make
2: sure that. Pittsburgh has the kind of flights that we need they're relentless. so that people can get here.
0: So they're relentless. And what about Frontier? And in Frontier, I mean, let's go to Colorado. Let's go to Denver and do it on the cheap. Just easy, all way. the more flights, more accessibility, it's great stuff. So uh, Pittsburgh, great things are happening here even in the summertime. We don't slow down. That's why we're here at Duolingo's offices And Audrey, we're coming back with... Don't
2: go away. What's going
0: on? Do not go away. This is going to be a Tech Vibe to remember. Simple as that. So hey, learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. We love helping tech companies succeed, companies like Duolingo. Uh, This is Jonathan Kirsten.
2: And this is Audrey Russo.
0: Hey, everybody. This is Tech Vibe Radio, and not just Tech Vibe Radio, Audrey. We've been looking forward to this for a very long time, because we are dedicating an entire show Mm. to Duolingo.
2: Well, to Duolingo or Louise Vaughn Both. Like, Both. It's like it's it's like
0: like one in the same. I can't separate them apart.
2: Well, I, I think we can. Yes. We'll separate that, well, them apart. Well, that's the point of the we're whole gonna show. We're going to separate That's it. why
0: we're, we're taking not just a deep dive. We've done those in the past, Audrey, but this is a super deep dive.
2: Well, he's got a lot to say. So he does. welcome to the studio.
0: Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we know you're a busy dude, and to take an hour out of your day to uh, talk about yourself, the company, is a big deal to us. And we're really excited to expose you to Pittsburgh. I want people to know when they're driving down Penn Avenue, they see 5900, your new HQ here. There is some totally mind-blowing stuff going on behind these walls, and they need to know that. So we're doing that today. Hey, Louise. Hey.
2: So great to be here. you got a new space. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, it's the, pretty awesome. We just moved in.
2: It is really awesome. When I think of you and Shadyside, where everyone was like on top of each other and, and all those creative juices that were coming out of you were definitely exploding.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, well, the creative juices are done here. No more. <laughs> <laughs> They're done. But, but we're in a nice space now.
2: You're in a beautiful space. <laughs> and it's great, the work that you're doing trying to help build not only your company, but Pittsburgh. So thanks for that. But let's get back down to some basics. So there might be people listening, which is hard to believe that they don't know what Duolingo is. So maybe just give, tell us this, the pitch of Duolingo.
1: Well, if they don't know what Duolingo is, then I, I don't want to talk to them. Okay,
2: then no, that's I'm fine.
1: I, I love that. I'm that's kidding. Fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't Come know Come back once you write about us. Uh, no, no. A lot of people don't know what it is. So it's it's basically, it's a, it's a mobile app, mainly a mobile app, but it's also a website. And it, it generally, it's a, it's a platform for learning languages. Um, we launched it four years ago uh, here in Pittsburgh. Um, and since then, it's grown a lot. We are now the most popular way to learn languages in the world. We have over 150 million users um there are there's a lot of uh funny stats about it um there are for example more people learning languages on Duolingo than there are people learning languages in the whole US public school system oh my goodness um, that's 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 amazing yeah and, and so we wow. we have we have a lot of uh, here's another interesting yeah. one uh we teach we teach a lot of languages we teach uh Spanish German French etc we we also happen to teach some smaller languages like Irish I actually didn't know Irish was a language. I didn't know that yeah, language I either. <laughs> <thought you didn't laughs> well, it's a, it's a language. It, it's not a very popular language. Um, most people in Ireland speak English, uh, but some people speak Irish. There's uh, 94,000 native speakers of Irish. But on Duolingo, there are a million people learning Irish. Wow. So that is so cool. Yeah, so we have more people. And uh, that number goes up every St. Patrick's Day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so these people, they think they're Irish. Um so we're so the other thing to say is it's um it's a very mission driven company so our, our goal has always been to provide free language education to the world. And that's so the
0: big thing it's it's free it's free. It's a, it download entirely, the app on your phone and start learning it's a
1: language 100% free and and the reason we started it that way is because um we've you know what we've wanted to do is provide the best quality of education to anybody regardless of how much money they have. This is, this is what we've wanted to do. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when we started working on Duolingo, um, we, we, we started thinking about the, the, the language education market, which is a, it's a pretty interesting market. So there's um, learning languages is actually huge everywhere in the world except for the U.S., and the U.S. is not very big. Uh, but it's because it doesn't need to be. I mean, mainly what people are learning is English. That's the, the main language really? that people learn. It's yeah. not uh, Spanish? No. Well, in the U.S. it's Spanish, but in the world it's, right. it's English, right. by, it's far. English. Makes okay. by far. It's English by far. Uh, so, there's um, there's 1.2 billion people in the world learning a foreign language. That's, that's a very large number. Uh, of these, uh, two-thirds of them, so about 800 million of them, satisfy three properties. Uh, first, they uh, are learning English. Uh, second, the reason they're learning English is in order to get a job. Uh, and third, they are of low socioeconomic conditions. Okay, so, most people learning a foreign language, they're basically learning English in order to get out of poverty. That's what's happening in the world okay, yeah. uh, now when we launched kind of the irony of it all was that um, most of the ways there were to learn a language uh, especially with computers were very expensive so like there was Rosetta Stone which was about right. yeah, um, a thousand dollars right. uh, there's uh, Open English which is another one um, which is about a thousand dollars etc so it seemed that in order to get out of poverty, you needed a thousand dollars, which kind of makes no sense. Right. Um, so this is why we wanted to do a completely free way to learn languages, and that's what we launched. Um, and since then, Duolingo has remained entirely free. And um, at, at today, the, what's most uh, what makes us the proudest is that there are so we have we have um, entire countries where their um, public school system uses Duolingo to teach English. So colombia uh, costa rica uh, parts of brazil right. uh, and guatemala so they cool. use they use uh, they use zooligo now this is the public system in in these developing countries usually uh-huh. now if you're a kid that goes to a public school in a developing country that means your you, your family is usually very poor right because in developing right. countries the public school system is not very good right. so if you have any kind of money you send your kids to a private school right. okay so uh we have on one end of the spectrum we have uh Poor children in developing countries using Duolingo in public school systems. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Bill Gates uses Duolingo to learn uh, right. French. And so this right there is what makes us the proudest, the fact that the richest man in the world is using the exact same system to learn a language as uh, you know, people with low socioeconomic conditions. And so that means that more money cannot buy you a better education. And Which that's, that's, that's what we want. That's wanted. the premise. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the whole, that's the the whole point. Yeah. So then
0: how do you make money then? What, what, what how do you make money? To, uh, it's called a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> have you heard of that? I've yeah. heard of those. So that Ponzi scheme, <laughs> writing that one down. you yes. heard of that? It's good.
1: Uh, I, I recommend Ponzi it as a Ponzi is as Italian. As model. <laughs> uh, yes. <for> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I recommend it as a business model, it's pretty good. No, I'm kidding. We uh we sell drugs.
2: <laughs> of course. Drugs. Of
0: course. Second <laughs> way
1: which to is do it. Yes, exactly right. Which is uh, no, the real <laughs> the real uh, the real way in which we make money is we um learning a language and Duolingo is entirely free. But if you want to get a certificate that you know a language, we charge you. And you need oh. that certificate for And you need that certificate for right. certain things. Right. Exactly. So for example, um uh, and, and in particular, a certificate to, that you know English. I mean, for all other languages, the certificates are useless. Uh, but a certificate that you know English is pretty useful. That, in the very useful. that punches
0: your ticket to get that job,
1: right? Yeah. Um, so about ten billion dollars a year—not on us, but a dollars a year in the world—are spent by people proving that they know English. Wow, ten uh, billion. Yeah. So, for example, if you are—if you live in a non-English-speaking country and want to come to the U.S. Uh, to for college you have to take a test that proves you know English if you want to get a work visa I- anywhere in the commonwealth uh, right. like the, the the UK you have right. got to take a standardized test that proves that you know English right wow. uh, so there's a lot of these tests that people have to take um they're usually pretty expensive they're about $250 each and they're um they're also this, these standardized tests they take um th- the idea is that you have to take them in a in a testing center mm mm-hmm. I've seen those, Yeah, right. yeah so mm-hmm, you have to totally. take it in a testing center It costs $250 um, Now, this sounds kind of annoying But most of the people who have to take these tests Are in developing countries And where $250 is uh, a lot of money to take to this a long, month's salary yeah, right. Right. And secondly um, These testing centers are not in every city They're right. only in the larger cities So usually people have to travel right. to take a test Which is impossible uh, So right. it becomes ridiculous So we have our own version of a test that you can take from a mobile, from a mobile app and it costs $50, not $250, and that's how we make money.
2: So, you know, the other thing that you didn't talk about, which is the thing for me that I've learned about Duolingo, is that I thought I knew Spanish fairly well, mm-hmm. and I think I've told you this before. But what really was, sh- was so helpful to me out of all these years taking Spanish, having grandparents who speak Spanish, that it really allowed me to talk. hmm. Okay. There's a piece in there about talking and dialect. And as you know, that really makes a difference when you go to other places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a speech recognition technology that you talk to the app and tell right. you whether you said it correctly or right. not. Yeah.
2: And it will say to me, no, no, it will stop me. It will stop yeah. you. And just, it. yeah, okay. I will just say, no, that wasn't it. No. But then it does some other things that takes you back to another way. Okay. Audrey got stuck on speaking, but now we're going to, we're going to take her back to reading.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And.
2: I find that so clever in terms of learning because, you know, you talk about people who are all kinds of learners and there's kinesthetic learning, and you've been able to do an amazing job by embedding all these different dimensions of how we learn. Without a doubt. And that's the feedback that I hear from people because they wa- wouldn't get that from a Rosetta, get that from a tape, get that from being in class. It's very rote.
0: For sure. Uh, so yeah, my so we hat's off to you to yeah, try to you.
2: understand the psychological kind of behavioral learning that takes place in terms of Duolingo.
0: So, Audrey, we've got to take a quick break, but we are coming right back with more Duolingo and Louise Vaughn on. This is why we're doing a full show, because there's so much <laughs> to talk about. We're All just right. getting started right now, so everyone, keep your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio, because we're coming back with more of this great stuff out of Duolingo's headquarters right here in East Liberty. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you kept your dial tuned here to Tech Vibe Radio. As we said before we left, we are back here with Louise Von Ahn from Duolingo. Full show. Full show. Triple deep dive, Audrey. No messing around on this one. We need all the time we can because there's some great conversations going on here. And as, before we left for break on the last segment there, Audrey, you were talking about how you yeah, just using the, this, learning the learning methodology. They, yeah.
2: Right. But I want, I want to, like, switch gears for a minute Let's and talk it. about, Double you know, clutch you were it, man. Put born and raised until college in Guatemala, and obviously, uh, I don't know if you went to public or private school, but I think I recall that your parents were physicians, is that correct? My
1: right? parents were physicians, yes.
2: Or, or are yeah. physicians, right. But think, what was life like for Louise in middle school, living in Guatemala? Did you have dreams of moving out of Guatemala? What kind of kid were you?
1: Um, I was a pretty nerdy kid. I think, unsurprisingly, I was a nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, at age eight, I really wanted a Nintendo, and my mom got me a computer instead of a Nintendo. <laughs> and I was really pissed off. <laughs> I was uh, really pissed what off. what I wanted was a Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but that's all I had, and so I had to figure out how to use it in order to play games. Um, and that's kind of how I got into computers. And I was, like, the only kid at the time. I was, And at the time and at the place in Guatemala, I was the only kid with a computer. Um, so that got huh. me really into computers, and... I didn't know if I was... I mean, I didn't know that I was going to leave the country or anything. I just kind of like computers. Um, Yeah. I I went to an American school, uh, which at least that made it so that I could speak English. Um, But otherwise... Did you
2: learn English when you were in Guatemala?
1: Yeah, yeah. I learned English as I was very young.
2: Right. So you went to an American school and then you never went back?
1: To Well, no. I went to an American... Sorry. I went to an American school in Guatemala. Oh, okay. Uh, They have have the American school in Guatemala, which is like where, like, you know, the whatever diplomats kids diplomats go and whatever right? yeah so I mm-hmm. went there so I you was very there. lucky to go there
2: so were you thinking about when you what you might want to do by the time you were in high school
1: mm, n- not not much I I mean I you know, when I was in high school I I don't know I, I thought I wanted to go to college somewhere that's what I knew but I didn't know if it was going to be in the U.S. or not but eventually I it was a funny thing that happened I was in um, my junior year of high school and then um, somebody from Duke University came to uh, to my high school mm-hmm. and they were recruiting and they kind of essentially filled out the application for me and I oh, was really? Like, alright really? well I guess I'll go and <laughs> you're making <laughs> it so easy for me I mean eventually you know I they kind of I had to take the SAT and stuff right. like that and then I got in but it was, it was kind of unplanned they kind of Kind of coerced me into doing that. <laughs> did
2: you go to any other schools? I, I mean, apply to I any did other not. schools? I did not. You it did just, not. You only happened. applied to Duke. <laughs> yes,
1: and there it was. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. just happened. So it was pretty funny. That's awesome. That's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, that was lucky. I mean, but otherwise, I could probably, I probably would have just stayed one extra year and maybe figured out because it was. There's no culture of applying to college in the U.S. in, in Guatemala. That was just not in the culture. So
2: there's not. But yeah. you obviously were encouraged somehow. You were supported.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the. Um, uh, yeah, my mom was very happy that t- for me to leave the country. At the time, it was, well, it still kind of is. It's, it's pretty dangerous. Um, people get kidnapped all the time. Et cetera, oh, right. So. Yeah.
2: Right. So it's a good place for you I to be yeah, in I'm,
1: I'm, I'm North happy Carolina. Here. And yeah. we're yeah. glad you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. So we think yeah. it's a good thing you're here <laughs> in, in Pittsburgh
0: on but top did
2: of you, that. Did you think that you, well you were in Duke, I mean, I know you went on to school and, you know, finished your PhD. But did you think that you wanted to start a company?
1: No, I did not think I wanted to start a company. I actually, what I thought I wanted to do was to become a professor. And I did become a professor here at Carnegie Mellon. But that's what I thought I wanted to do, just become a professor. I did not think i wanted to start a company so how would you stumble into so that then?
2: right so what shifted for you because and this is back to my whole thing about are, are you born an entrepreneur it was is a it
1: complete happenstance um i was uh, i was a professor Carnegie. so basically after duke i went to carnegie Mellon to get a phd in computer science and i was getting a phd and then um i i decided to be stay as a professor uh, at carnegie Mellon. and in my first year as a professor i um was working on a project that um basically the project is this um thing called ReCAPTCHA that I mm-hmm. that I did where the idea was it's these distorted letters that you have to type all over the internet right. whenever you're buying tickets on Ticketmaster, et cetera. So I was working on that project and um it was used by all over the it was used by all over the internet. And this was something that was served from Carnegie Mellon servers at Carnegie Mellon. Right. And it was used by all over the internet, including some commercial institutions. And you know my department head at the time kept on saying Hey, um, uh, it's a little weird that Carnegie Mellon is serving you know uh, <laughs> these th- this part of the registration flow for Facebook. So Facebook started using it to, to register to Facebook. You had to type these distorted characters. It was all being served from Carnegie Mellon. And they thought, well, it's, it's a little weird that you're doing that. Do you want to um, spin that off into something else? Yeah, and, yeah, and I was like, no, I'm servers, just kind of a professor. It's get your radio <laughs> servers. Um, then, but the idea with ReCAPTCHA was that um, – so the reason those letters are there are to make sure that you're a human. So the idea is that um, – humans can read those distorted letters, but computers can't do it as well yet. So uh, the fact that you fill that out proves that you're human. Right. So, for example, in the case of Facebook, the reason you have to type it out is to make sure that uh, nobody can write a program to obtain millions of Facebook right. accounts, for example. So that that was the main purpose, but this reCAPTCHA had a, a secondary purpose um, and that many people didn't know, which is that um, as you are, uh, you know, it, it started out. You know, it started out normally as just as a, as a security mechanism. But then it started being used by essentially every website in the world. Um, and uh, at some point I, I realized that about 200 million times a day somebody typed one of these. 200 million times so I I, a yeah, wow. day? That's, that's stifling. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was very, at first I was very proud of myself. Right. The I guess, right. But, but yeah. then I started feeling bad because um, usually these things are pretty annoying. Uh, typing these distorted characters is pretty annoying. And then uh, it also wastes about 10 seconds of your time. And if you multiply 10 seconds by 200 million, you get that humanity as a whole is wasting right. like 500,000 hours every day right. <laughs> because of me. So, <laughs> thanks, Luis. Right. Thanks, yeah, you. Yeah, thanks so, mm-hmm. so I started um, feeling bad, and then I started thinking, can we make use of these 10 seconds for something better, for something right. good for humanity? And, and that we started doing that. So what we started doing is we realized that as people were typing these distorted characters, they could be helping us digitize books. And okay. so the idea was the following – um, so there are a lot of projects out there trying to digitize books. So, for example, Google's trying to digitize all of these books. And what happens is they start with a book and scan it. Now, scanning a book is literally what it is. is it's taking a digital photograph of every page of the book. Right. The next step in the process is – so you're, there you're left with one picture for every page, and these are pictures of words. The next step in the process is that the computer needs to be able to decipher all of the words in these pictures. But for older books, the computer cannot recognize many of the words, but humans can. Right. So what we started doing is we started taking all of the words that the computer could not recognize in uh-huh. books that were being digitized, and we started sending them to people in the form of these CAPTCHAs. Excuse. So whenever they would get these distorted letters, these were actually words that were coming from books that the computer could not recognize, and we were getting what people were typing. They were helping us to digitize books. How many books were translated? A or lot. Translated. So, well, <laughs> so what, what happened is I was at Carnegie Mellon, and we had this idea, and we started doing it. Um, at first, we were doing it for public domain books. So this was not right. – no yeah. money was given. But at some point, the New York Times approached us, and they said, look, we have this humongous archive um, of all editions of the New York Times for the last, you know, 100 and some right. years. Wow. Um, we need to digitize it. Can you digitize it for us? Uh, and, hey, we're willing to pay you. And <laughs> we're, and, and, and it was actually – you know, they were willing to – this was uh, you a know, 5 to $10 million contract. And at that time – uh, I had a talk with the Carnegie Mellon, the nice folks at Carnegie Mellon who were like, Look, you're <laughs> not at this point you're running a company inside yeah, the university. You, <laughs> right, you, right. right. you can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, so you mean, I have to
0: start a company? Yes. Wow. So
1: basically we started a company and we didn't need any funding because we had our first contract, right. which was a multi million dollar contract. So we kinda started a company That's and then crazy. we were in the process of digitizing the New York Times, we were doing we did several uh, We did a lot of years, several decades of content for them that we were digitizing, and in the middle of that, Um, Google actually approached us because they were also trying to digitize all the books and then they said look what you're doing is very useful for us so maybe can we buy you you, (laughs) Uh, can we buy this company that you seem to have started (laughs) even though it's kind of a university project (laughs) like our stuff's still on the servers in Carnegie
0: Mellon yeah it really was we'll get it off there and give it to you it really was kind of (laughs) like that
1: and so they 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 acquired us and so that, that happened it became a property of Google and at that time yeah, I, I had that was a company that I had started. I, I liked it, and so I thought, um, you know, I would like to start another company, and this is kind of wh- where it started with Duolingo. That's so such a cool so story.
2: Do you think so? In your case, that was happenstance, accident, being smart, being clever, so some of the right things at the right time. Do, do you think that people are born having a tendency to be an entrepreneur? When you think about what you're doing right now,
1: I that's really hard to say. I I, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I—that's <laughs> really hard to say. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've many things about being an entrepreneur do not come naturally to me, and I've had to learn them. I right? mean, mm-hmm. some things come naturally. Yeah. But what's,
0: what's been the toughest thing for you to kind of pick up and, and say you got to do because you're building this company? And uh firing forward. people.
1: Oof. That's the worst thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've had to do that, and every time it is awful. Yeah. I, I, can, I'm, I, I get. Uh, I s I, I don't sleep for several days before I, hear you, I have man. to fire somebody, etc. Oh. So so that type of thing I, I it doesn't come naturally to me. Right. Basically the the HR slash people management thing doesn't come very naturally to me and so I've, I've had to learn it. Well, I,
2: people like working for you.
1: Yeah. They do. Um right? I think Yeah, I yeah. they do. Um I think that they uh I think the, the key here, well, at Duolingo is we're everybody everybody's very friendly with each other and I the key I think the key for why people like working here is um, we're very selective about hiring and we do not hire people who are not nice. That's really key. And we've had we've had to, we've interviewed yeah. people who were clearly you know top of their class, at right. a top university, nice. etc. Right. But they were not very nice, and we we definitely we turned down. Probably about um so you know when when we're hiring here so our our hiring funnel is 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 pretty impressive right um, so it's we a have lot. we have um we get about one thousand applicants per hire right so we get one thousand applicants and then out of those we end up hiring one person um and of those um, about about 20% of the people that we would have made an offer, we don't because we don't think they're very nice. So they don't so what's pass your the sniff? nice test. But wait, yes.
2: what's your sniff test? And we got Are about a minute before Are we go. go now, oh, we, yeah. we,
1: have, uh, we have lunch with them here when they come. Ah. And then, you know, we start just talking about stuff uh, that's not related to work or anything. And okay. you can tell. You can You can tell sensing. that people start, you know uh yeah, a little t- the the common problem that we see is people being very full of themselves mm-hmm. uh that's pretty common mm-hmm. um and you you can quickly tell whether they're going to be pretty full of themselves and we just don't. And no, that's, that's good. I was just yeah. curious
2: what the not nice test is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a, it. it's not a hard and fast rule. But right. But we just, at the end, we have a hiring media, and we sit there, and we're like, yeah, I didn't like that person. Mm-hmm. So. Audrey, we're
0: having way too much fun, but we've got to take a quick break. Okay, we'll be do back. I right love this. Back. We're talking mm-hmm. about the sniff test for working at Duolingo, how you stumbled upon starting companies. <laughs> it's Too much good stuff going on here, and we have more of this coming your way here on Tech Vibe Radio, more with Duolingo and Louise Vaughn on. Hang on for our next segment. This is Jonathan Kirsting.
2: And this is Audrey Rousseau. From the
0: Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and follow us on Twitter at pghtech. We're back, everybody. Our final segment here on Tech Five Radio with Louise von On and Duolingo. The whole show dedicated to Duolingo because the company is just that cool. If you want to learn a language, Duolingo it costs nothing, and you can learn a language pretty quick. And there's many of them. How many languages, Louise? Do you guys have?
1: Um, like eighty something. Yeah, a it's lot. It's ridiculous. Um, but today, and in Irish. fact, yes. today we are launching Hebrew. This Came from a thing. Yes. Look at Audrey's all fired up. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, really? Yes, yes. The Jewish community is very happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> all all that's, the Jewish kids who did not want to learn Hebrew, know, they're now learning awesome. Hebrew on their phone. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah.
1: That is awesome, man. That's very, very really cool.
2: Awesome. i was like goosebumps over that. Yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, this awesome. Is,
0: uh, so, Andrew, we've had some really cool conversations going on here. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about ReCAPTCHA, his first company, and, and how he just kind of started that, like not even trying to start a company, and then he sells that to Google and starts Duolingo four years ago. And we're talking about like really hundreds of millions of people learning a language using your app. That's just amazing. How many people to read, so a day, real
2: people. quick? How many people a day sign up for Duolingo? Or sign user, up, or how many user, new or users per new day?
1: A um, uh, couple hundred thousand. A okay. couple oh, hundred thousand nice. a day. Yeah. Just the size Good. of the city of
0: Pittsburgh. God, yeah. yeah. I get it. It's like every I day totally, the city yeah. of Pittsburgh signs <laughs> up for Duolingo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So
2: let's, let's talk about the business a little bit, yeah. like of Duolingo. So, you know, there's all – everyone's got their opinion about what, uh, you know, the right ingredients are of a critical company, right? You know, their success, it's their location, it's their investment, it's the talent that they're attracting, it's, you know, uh, it's the exact location, et cetera, et cetera. So – You've, like, really debunked most of those ingredients. You've not taken any local investment. All your investment comes from outside of the region. You have people who have come here from all over the world who come to work here. They
0: want to work at DuoLingo. You
2: window. have been able to take your company and take it to the next level of scale uh, against, sort of against all those odds. So what do you, what do you think are some of your ingredients then?
1: I I you know I get asked this question all the time what the ingredients are I I don't actually know. I You don't <laughs> uh, know. I think that's working fair. hard. I think we've worked really hard. I think we've I mean we've made you know we've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Sure. Um right. but Please I do. think I think overall more than 50% of the time uh, probably about 51% of the time we make the right decision and I think that that's helped us out. I I we Many times have decided have decided to stay in the city despite some pressure to move. Right. Um, and it usually happens about about every about once a year. That we've reached. Uh, we about once a year we reach a level where somebody somewhere says, "All right, well, that that was it. That's uh, right. that's the reason why you need to move. Like you've really right. at this point, okay, this is this caps you. This is it. I mean, right. at first it was kind of finding in, investment. Then it was uh, finding investment at a larger scale. Then it was trying to hire people who, um, you know, have this or that prop- qualities that you cannot find here, and it, it just keeps happening. But so far, we've made the decision of staying here, and uh, no regrets. I mean, we're, we're very happy with it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the ingredients are. That's a that's a great question. This is, I mean, what I do know is there's very m- different ways of making successful companies right, i mean right. I, I think
2: Right. You know, so there's one really one. no one good
1: i don't think so i mean i we've seen i mean the things that we try to do that i think have worked out for us v, be very careful with hiring mm-hmm. uh that's that's what mentioned out for in us. our last
0: segment you know gotta hire mm-hmm. nice people
1: yeah nice people and very competent people and, and people, really careful with hiring and i think that that's one of those things that just kind of Good begets more good, um, right. because smart people want to work with more smart people, and hardworking right. people want to work with more hardworking right. people, etc. So um, we're very careful with hiring. That has worked out pretty well for us. Um, we are this. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but it's what we do. We usually take the long-term view as opposed to the short-term view. So whenever there is a decision, we think, okay, what's good for the long term, what's good for the short term, and Sometimes they align, and yeah, you should just do that. Right, but right. a lot of times they don't. A lot of times it's in the short term we should do this, uh, or this is what's best for the short term. But these other thing is what's best for the long term. We've tried to do what's best for the long term in most of the cases, and that has worked out pretty well. In retrospect, we usually are very happy that we did that. Uh, so that, that has well, that's been good. I
2: think the other thing is just listening to you talk and watching this company from afar is that you've created a mission-centric. We have. Objective in terms of the work.
1: Yeah, and that really matters. That allows us yeah. to hire um, people that we normally wouldn't be able be able to hire. Um, right. and, get their and passion for it. Yeah, and, you know, and it's the it's one it. of those things where uh, you know a lot of people talk about uh, millennials, etc. You know, there's I know, this whatever. weird stuff that I they know. say, but uh, a lot of it is true. Uh, it's it's very strange. I mean, I I would say I am in the tail end of the mm-hmm. of 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 the next of, of the right. previous generation of that. So I don't fully understand. Some of the things I mean, when I was growing up, you know, you took a job because they paid you more money. Right. It's just as simple as that. Right. You know, that right. job pays me a hundred thousand bucks. That other one right. pays me eighty thousand bucks. Right. I'm going to go to the hundred. Doesn't right. matter. Doesn't right. matter what it is. Now it just doesn't seem to be like that. I mean, I, I've had conversations with some of the people that we hire here. Um, uh, you know, I, I would say, eighty percent of our employees are millennials. Uh, I've had conversations where I sit there and I say, Hey, you're doing a great job congratulations, we've decided to give you a raise mm-hmm. to this much. And they're like, wait, how much did I make before? Not even. They didn't even know that no. this was a raise. And right. he thought like, oh, crap, we should have given that guy. A yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what were we doing? <laughs> uh, but it really is the case. I mean, they just don't. Many of the people here, I mean, are very well compensated, but they don't even know how much they make. They're like, yeah, make enough. Right. And so you've
2: taken money off the table. One of the rules is when you want to hire great people, you take money off the table,
1: the so that they're
2: not feeling.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah. So we're uh, they the people who work here work here because of the mission of right. the company, and so that allows us to hire really great people. I think we've right. we've been able to because of that. And, and but it's it's tricky to be a mission-driven company because you have to stick to your guns. Right. And Absolutely. you know, in right. many cases, um, there's pressure for not quite following your mission I mean for example our mission is really free education right uh, sure, it would be nice if we could charge one buck for our app. I mean, if we could charge one buck for our app, right. we would <laughs> we would be swimming in money. Exactly. Uh, exactly. These <laughs> are these are the types of things, but we stick to our guns with the uh, with being a mission driven company. And How about fifty uh, cents? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> come <so> on, <laughs> still swimming in s- money. Oh, right. you there don't it's, it's always but, yeah. very um, it's very tempting to say, well, if you only did that, you could make this much money. But so we've um, we've tried to be a, a mission driven company this this whole time.
2: So when you scale up to a hundred plus people it's different than when you had 10, 20. How do you keep everyone
1: keep the culture tight in the line and, yeah. with that mission? Um, it's, it's become a self-sustaining thing. I mean, at first, we, at first you know, we had, it, it's really even become more acute. I mean, at first, you know, we had this mission that we were going to do free language education for the world, but we weren't even all that convinced about that. We kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we wanted to do. We hired the first few people who were, came to work for us because of the mission. But see, they were more gung-ho than us because they, they were like, oh, yeah, this is the mission. And so they started kind of, you know, self-reinforcing or reinforcing right. each other. And they they became way more gung-ho. And it probably is at the point where right now I say, hey, guys, um, we, you know, we've decided to change our mission to something else. Probably half of them would quit. And it, they just reinforce each other. I mean, it, it's interesting. what happens, I think
2: So that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah. And so in terms of s- steering ahead, everyone knows that's the culture no matter what. Yeah.
1: Th- there's a lot of self-reinforcement. I mean, we... I think that, that has helped. But, of course, the company has changed a lot f- from when we were four people to, to now. I mean, right. there are a lot of things that and we definitely now have some Processes, which I'm not a fan of, right. but we have them. Right. For example, we have. Gotta to 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 have keep, structure, man. We have to keep receipts for for expense reports. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's the new thing. And I, when I was told that I had to do that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, problem. oh man, we've reached that level. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem, right? Uh, but we, so we've had to do you know stuff like that. We you know we had to add a management layer. We didn't have that. I know. Um, so how do you
2: keep yourself in touch with everyone? if uh, you've got some of these layers
1: i mean i try to i try to talk to people I, a lot um i i'm definitely less in touch than i was before i mean i used to know like when so and so took their daughter to the doctor or whatever right. i don't know that anymore but i i try to i mean i i try to have dinner here at the office uh, often people here stay for dinner um i know yeah right. so we um not all of them but some and i try to do that and that type of thing so it's, it's great can way you can connect in and sense the
0: temperature out there and see what's what's tugging at people's heartstrings yeah yeah
2: do you have um, full team meetings where everyone gets together
1: we do um, we have a, a, a on Fridays we have a thing called a, a Q&A session where basically they get to ask me any question they want um, and so we have those and it's the whole team and um, there's usually pretty good discussions and um, and I think people appreciate the fact that I never say I can't speak about that i may say i don't know the answer and it's true right. i may not know right. the answer to something they may ask but i can't i, I never say oh, i can't talk about that it's
0: a great way to get that direct line of communication going to kind yeah, of yeah like it really flatten, works flat and keep the organization flat that they know that like they can directly talk to you yeah if, you know, yeah it awesome. has that
1: has that from you know we didn't used to do that at first um and sometimes people were feeling that some of the decisions were being you know done behind their backs mm-hmm. or stuff like that but there was no malice. I mean some right. decisions just had to be taken. And then we did this uh, we started this and it, it really I think it 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 allows people to see what the you know, what the thinking is behind everything and
2: And that matters. That matters. That totally yeah. matters. And then, then you get people's buy in. So then when yeah. there are mistakes and things that happen people tend to understand and can Exactly, be exactly. And they're right. like, "Yeah,
1: a well, mistake was made, but I, uh, you know, yeah. I, I was there." Right. And the, the you know, it was a reasonable decision to make with the information we had at the time. Right.
2: So you you've grown up in a lot of ways.
1: Uh, the company has definitely grown up right. in, in a lot of ways. Um, but it's I think it's um I mean, I think it's, you know, we uh, it's funny because we we hire a lot of people from Google here. Um and to them this is not a grown-up company and okay they, yeah they're like <laughs> wait this is like a total story. no oh, they really? really it's very funny i mean <laughs> yeah. um, really
2: they cuz they like some of the rules and some of the processes no it's not
1: that they like it i mean uh, they just it's very different um i it's just i you know for example I, you know this is so we hired somebody um from 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 google uh, about a year ago and they were um they were really were um very uh, serious, mm-hmm. and you know this is a workplace, etc. And I remember when we moved to this office, they asked me, "So where is the margarita machine going to go?" And <laughs> I'm margarita like, you, "You, have been converted. <laughs> this is you now belong to Duolingo. Great. <laughs> 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 it's right next to the beer taps. It's yeah, <laughs> well, we do. We definitely have beer. We do not have a margarita machine, unfortunately. So
2: just, just give one piece of advice for someone who's starting a company right now. Yeah, we got about a One piece left. of advice. Yeah. This is Louise Vanon from Duolingo.
1: In 60 seconds. Um, I would say um, if they are just thinking about starting a company, they should just start it. That's my do biggest it. piece of advice. I mean, I think that's where most people fail is they, they have an idea for, you know, three years and never end up doing it. And then life takes over and they never get to do it. So biggest piece of advice is just to do it. Perfect. Do it. Yeah. Louise Vaughn
0: Duolingo. You're making Pittsburgh cool. Like, super cool. I mean, this is what I'm talking about, (laughs) man. It's the Ace Hotel that's doing that. I don't know, man. I think it's Duolingo that's doing that. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Duolingo, learn a language, man. Simple as that. Audrey, we're done. Thanks for your hospitality, help, help Thank you, hosting Louise. us here at your facilities in East Liberty. What a beautiful setup that you guys have here. Great stuff. Get more Tech Vibe Radio every Friday night on KDKA. This has been Jonathan Kirsting. And this was Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org, and then have an awesome weekend.
1: Judy was boring. Hello.
0: Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa.